morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. And guys, obviously, I got to start off by saying I'm in Boston this morning, and that's my French bulldog behind me jarking. So just to give a quick heads up, that's what's going on. I'm your host, Abs, and today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the SEC responded to Coinbase last night, stating no regulation requires the SEC to take action as JP Morgan is calling out SEC Chairman Gary Gensler for his overreach of disruptive behavior of well-functioning markets. Could we finally see the justice system work against the SEC? Mark Yusko is calling for a Bitcoin bull run this summer, while SBI Japan is using Ripple to extend its Web3 initiative. And with the Secret Service calling blockchain an amazing tool for tracking money, we break down the details, showing our community how government adoption is creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny and Jenna, I, I apologize. I was thrown off there and I missed the introduction. So Johnny, first of all, how you feeling, my friend? And thank you for making time for us this morning. Abs, I'm always feeling great. It's a great day uh, to be here with you. And Jenna, in fact, Abs, I'm going to rename Tuesdays for now on. We're not calling them Tuesdays anymore. We're going to call them Jenna Days. So happy Jenna Day today. Jenna, great to see you here. And good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs. Appreciate you. Love you guys for showing up every day and hope you guys are enjoying. Happy Jenna Day too. Absolutely. And Jenna, always happy to have you in the building. But right away, we're going to talk about Ripple this morning. We've got some great news prepared, as well as the SEC denying Coinbase and providing rules for crypto regulation. But before we get into it, how are you feeling this morning? And thanks for being here, Jenna. I mean, I'm feeling absolutely fabulous. Great to be here with you, Abs and Nostradamus. <laughs> I love that. You know, I woke up famous this morning, so I don't want you guys to, you know, act any differently around me or anything like that. But yeah, it's a good day. We knew you were famous. I think that's only news to you, but we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to all of us. We're at 4,158 followers. Smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Johnny Crypto, obviously I'm home, so we can't give the Merlin market page because I'm on my laptop. But when you look at the coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.12 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 47% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 27,000. Ethereum, 1,800. XRP is 42 cents. And Cardano sitting at 37 cents this morning. And Johnny, I'm excited to play this video that we have prepared of Michael Arrington discussing what's happening between Ripple and the SEC. But before we do that, what are some of the projects you're watching this morning? You know what, Abs? Remind me to send you a link to your laptop so we can get that beautiful Merlin page going. Ah, uh, it's not a link issue. It's a it's a bandwidth issue. That's the oh, problem. Oh, I got you. Okay. In that case, I think I'll have to share from my end. Uh, without my Merlin page, it's hard to tell you what I'm looking at. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know me. I'm looking at the gaming stuff. But right now, the reality is not doing much. Just sitting back, waiting for us to get into the, the pullback stage. We all know the old saying in May. Sell in May and go away, and soon people will start doing that, and you're going to see prices dropping. So I'm just sitting tight. I'm looking. You know, I got my eye on some AI stuff. I'm not looking at Pepe. So if anybody's wondering, I'm not a Pepe guy. I'm not interested in Pepe. I love Pepe's pizza. Now, if you want pizza, Pepe's pizza is the way to go. But for meme coins, I'm staying away from Pepe. Very funny, Johnny. Sorry, I was caught off guard there. Jenna, I'd love to get some of your thoughts on this tweet we're showing right here. European Union passes law requiring an identification for all crypto transactions. 
This is the opposite of what most people come into the market for. So is there anything that you're watching and how do you feel about this update out of Europe? Um, well, as far as what I'm watching, I actually just last night started to get into the it's EVMOS, Evmos, I guess that's how you call it, their um, ecosystem and looking at their token because I've been minting Zen like crazy. So it um, allows me to try all different blockchains and everything and to interact with them, which is cool because I'm all about learning. But man, it is super fast and so, so cheap with the gas fees. And I think it's part of the Cosmos ecosystem. So um, yeah, I've been messing around with that. Super cheap at 22 cents, has a long way to go to all time high. So I, I like that right now. But as far as that statement, that tweet, um, you know, it, it does suck. I think that we like the early days of, hey, we don't necessarily want KYC, but you've got to do it. I mean, they, you know, the regulators, if they're going to make any regulation, obviously they want to be able to tax the hell out of us. So they want to see what's in our accounts and all of that. You know, they have to be able to account for all of that. So it does make sense. And obviously this is coming. And I'm sure that the United States is going to wait until all this framework is out before they follow suit. You're spot on, Jenna, and we're going to discuss exactly what's happening in the United States today, and I think this is a great place to start, but we got 210 live listeners already joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and check out this latest video as Michael Arrington is explaining the relationship between Ripple and the SEC in the United States. But what I believe is the SEC wants Ripple dead to put it better in the cap. Um, Now, that's pure speculation based on nothing other than speculation. Also, the SEC is an entity that changes over time and is changing right now in terms of SEC chairs. And so what the SEC wants over time is largely going to be dependent on what the executive branch wants over time. And the executive branch just changed. So I have no idea. I have no visibility of what's going to happen next XRP at all. I believe the SEC probably wants us to go to trial. And if it goes to trial, we'll see what happens. Um, but I don't know. And do I think it's a security? From the point of view of the SEC, no. But... Okay. Let's pause it there and get some commentary from you, Johnny. A couple of absolute gems within this clip. But the number one thing is he stated they wanted it to go to trial way before it ever did. Now we're experiencing that now. So what sticks out to you? And then we'll kick it to Jenna. Well, I think he, I think he watches our show. We literally were talking about this last week or two weeks ago when we were mentioning that the SEC, it, it, the whole dictate comes from the, what I say, it comes from the top, top down. The, the SEC is just following the agenda that they're getting orders and, you know, obviously we know that they're being told, you know, to go and crush this thing or to go choke point, right? Operation choke point. And, and that's what you're seeing. And I agree with him. If we get a change at the top, everyone says, what do we need to see for crypto? We just need to change the top. And then you're going to see whatever that guy's feeling is towards crypto is going to. And we know that when Trump is in there, for the most part, you didn't see a huge crackdown on crypto. So I'm going to guess, I don't know Trump's policies, but I'm going to guess he was more pro crypto. Than, than against crypto. And I already know what everybody in the chat is going to say. Oh, well, Trump's guy sued the XR, XRP. No. They, he was on his last day out, and he did that because of the new, the new thing coming in. So the reality is Trump was there four years, and you never saw a lawsuit or anything happen on crypto. You never heard Operation Choke Point. So my only point of this is I agree with him that if we get a change at the top, we will then have to see, so we won't know until 2024, who the new guy is or girl running the country. Um, and what their feelings are towards crypto. And that could change the whole entire, the whole entire landscape of what we're seeing at the SEC and the whole entire sentiment towards crypto, depending on what we have at the top apps. Totally agree with him, 100%. Mm-hmm. Spot on, Johnny. I'd love to get some thoughts from Jenna as well. But you make a great point. This election, it is going to have an impact on the crypto market. But Jenna, what are some of your thoughts? No, exactly. It comes down, what you said, from the executive branch, 100%. And, you know, Gary is a puppet. 
And I do believe that a lot of this is a show, but during this market where all these prices are so low, they're going to try to do their best to scare people, scare the shit out of people. And you know when they're going to say, okay, crypto is good. We have regulation in a bull cycle when the prices are ridiculously high and they're probably going to be having their family members or whoever has crypto wallets dumping on everybody else is coming into it. I see what they're doing. They're not that sneaky, Jenna. And we got to call them out here on Good Morning Crypto. Johnny, here's the remainder of this clip. Here we go. Um, but I don't know. And do I think it's a security from the point of view of the SEC? No. But okay. from the point of view of me, it, this doesn't matter. Like, what's a security? What isn't a security is totally irrelevant. And it really just comes down to, like, whether you only allow rich people to trade an asset or you allow everybody to trade an asset. And so when you look at, like, things like Uber, I was able to invest in one of the first rounds of Uber and Airbnb and Pinterest because I had wealth and had a venture fund. Everyday people who are just as smart or smarter than me also wanted to invest in those companies or would have if they could have like looked at the business plans like I did. But the government told them that they're not worthy, that they're too poor, and so they can't make good financial decisions on their own. And so they're not allowed to invest in that. And so they don't get to make 10,000 X returns. Isn't it crazy, Johnny Crypto or Jenna, that we're sitting here and the SEC is claiming they're protecting investors by suing <laughs> Ripple right now? Jenna, I'd actually love to start with you. He said a bunch of great things within that clip. What do you believe stuck out to you most? Um, well, he did, but I just want to mention this, guys, and because Michael Arrington, I mean, he's really, really smart. And if you want to, like on CoinMarketCap, I didn't know if, if anybody knew they could do this, but you can actually find all of their like VCs, like their investments and cryptos that they're really into. And I saw they have a really big stake in uh, Moonbeam. That's GLMR. So oh, that's, wow. I do watch that one too. So definitely good to check out and see because there's a lot of low market cap ones on there. But um, yeah, no, I kind of got sidetracked with that one. Go ahead, Johnny. Hey, Abs, if you thought. can, go back to that picture. If you can bring that up, if you still have. Yeah. Is it just me or, or, or Jenna and Lila? Could they be cousins? I think they're cousins. I think there's, I see some resemblance <laughs> here. Personally. I see I mean, it too, Johnny. I see right. it too. It's, yeah, I'm Thank just you. wondering if Jenna's got some family members here that we don't know about. But uh, you I'll know, take Abs, that. <laughs> but I think he's spot on, Abs, that, um, you know, the government gets to decide. So, wait, we're in a free country where, where Americans are supposed to be able to be free and do what they want. But remember, Abs, you can't spend your money because you're not smart enough to spend it if you don't make over a certain amount of money. And, you know, so credit investors have to be over $250,000 to be able to decide whether they can. If you can't, I guess they're just saying you're not smart enough to know how to spend your money. And so they're going to protect you. And we know what happens. Um, a dog inheriting a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's a funny movie about that. You don't have to watch it. That's a true story on that dog inheriting money. But nonetheless, um, it's so amazing to me that we're, nobody is even realizing like, yeah, you can't spend your money if you don't make a certain amount. And I know we did hear, yeah, you're right. We did hear at the show abs, uh, link to was there and they did mention that they are, there is some legislation now. So this may be good news for people. Well, there is talk about pushing it up to $10 million to be a credit investor, which would be horrible. What but, the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Right. She said, what the fudge, by the way. Oh, but the sorry, other sorry. option is, um, but the good news is there's also legislation trying to push it down below below the 250 limit, even lower, so that other people can invest. So hopefully it'll go that way, Abs, and people can make their own decisions of what they want to invest in. We really don't need the SEC uh, <laughs> particularly to protect us when we know that more people got hurt by the X, S, uh, SEC yes. suing XRP than they actually did help. Here's what's interesting about that clip. There were two particular statements he made that stuck out to me. He said, first of all, from the SEC's perspective, 
XRP in particular is not considered a security. I thought that was very bold for someone in the Ethereum Foundation to say. The second thing is, why does the SEC get a green light to regulate crypto when two of their officials right now are being sued for corruption of this particular market? Jay Clayton and William Hinman are both being taken to court and labeled in lawsuits where they worked at law, at law firms who were incentivized to promote Ethereum. And then right after they've left the SEC, they went back to these same law firms. We got a great comment from one of our listeners yesterday underneath at the live chat, Johnny. It said, this Gary Gensler lawsuit by JP Morgan is a classic fake enemy situation. JP Morgan is playing the pawn here and they're actually pretending as if they're protecting investors. It's another example of doing one thing, but behind the scenes, there's a completely different objective going on. So Jenna, I'd like to get some of your thoughts. Gary Gensler's being accused of JP Morgan and other financial regulators of overreach and disruption of well-functioning markets. That of course includes crypto. Is this a real lawsuit? Is this misdirection? What's going on here? I mean, at first when I read this, I'm like, yeah, this is great. Awesome. Good. Hold them accountable. But then once you kind of know the backstory and you've been watching things play out, you're like, is this actually like, is this a show? This, you know, what are they doing behind the scenes? And I definitely feel that it could be and it could be all set up, you know? Johnny, I think you're going to have to get that RSW index ready because we're talking about several people who should be on this meter. We got Gary Gensler, JP Morgan and others who we publicly know they collaborated. Behind the scenes now, this is not even conspiracy. We are trying to get the documents revealed to show that JP Morgan and the SEC official, Jay Clayton, discussed XRP just days before the lawsuit. And we found evidence even more so. JP Morgan completed their first transaction in their ecosystem only nine days before Ripple was sued by the SEC. So I don't believe in coincidences, just unrecognized patterns. What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're never going to know what's going on here. But when there's smoke, there's fire. We know there's a bunch of rat snake weasels all at the party hanging out and they're doing a bunch of stuff that, you know, you can see, you can read the writing on the wall. What we have to do now, though, I don't really care about what happened because it's pointless. What we need to look at moving forward is the solutions. How do we position ourselves to be in the best position to take advantage of what's coming at us? That's all that matters. And the good news is if you weren't in XRP, well, thanks to the SEC lawsuit, you had an opportunity, a lot of people to really dollar cost average down or to start their position. I know a lot of people have started buying XRP in the 17 to 20 cents range. So, you know, there is an opportunity there. The boy's one of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So from (laughs) that particular perspective, I try to look more at the silver lining than the cloudy rain because there's no point in looking at spilt milk. There's nothing you can do about it, right? What you want to do is how do you just, how do you manage this going forward? And we know right now that crypto, is getting a beatdown in the ring, right? We know this is the where's my where's my thing? Here it is. Right, we all know that this is what's going on here. I put it up here so big. WWE, right? So we got a match going on right now, and on the on the good guy side, we got the cryptocurrency team, and on the bad side, we got the SEC and some some uh, some members there. So we know that the SEC is winning right now. They're giving elbow drops and drop kicks, and they're beating the piss out of crypto. But at the end of the day, usually the guy who's getting beat up in the middle of the match usually wins in the end. And I think that's what we're going to see here, Abs, is we're going to get a win for crypto somewhere down the road when this match comes to an end. I'm just using an analogy here. And I really think for folks who are using this time to buy in when, like Warren Buffett says, when there's blood in the streets and it feels ugly, when you want to vomit, ah, blah, right? when you feel like you want to puke when you're buying stuff, that's how millionaires are made, my friend. 
And Jenna, Johnny brought up something very important, which is we know where this is headed at the end of the day. And this is some hard evidence of that here. The NASDAQ is set to launch crypto custody services by the end of June in 2023. And can you believe it? We're already almost at the end of May here. So what do you think about the NASDAQ launching custody services while the SEC is yet to make rules on cryptocurrency? Well, and and NASDAQ, obviously, like that's too big to fail, right? They're going to need to come up with something. And that's why I think they're going to really, really start to get pressed. And I hope that they do. But like just on this, I first thought when I look at this, I'm like, no, you know what? F that I want to self-custody my own money, right? Because I know how to. And I think that's most people in crypto. And that's what we want is to be decentralized. But you have to think about how many Americans there are that have no idea, nothing about crypto. And also, when you're talking about millions and millions of dollars, do you really want to be the one to self custody all of that? Because that's all on you, right? So you know, obviously, they're going to be able to back that and everything. So I I can see like the good side of this and bad. I mean, I'll stick to doing my own thing, but I can definitely see the value in that. And of course, they're going to want to get their hands in, but we're going to need regulation. And this, if nothing else, will force them to get it. Johnny, let me know some of your honest and open thoughts here, because there's either there's one of two things going on. We've listened to Citibank, Bank of America and JP Morgan come out and say they believe in the next 10 years, we're going to see eight trillion dollars worth of central bank digital currencies in this market. Right now, there's not even one central bank digital currency in America today, yet they're betting on an $8 trillion growth. And it seems that NASDAQ is anticipating the exact same thing. So my question to you is, is the general public just being left behind and this this is already written in stone? Or are they betting on something that, you know, everyone's speculating about? Oh, no, I don't think this is speculation. We are shifting, man. The tides are shifting. The grounds are shifting. the, the, The ground planes are moving in place. We are shifting to a digital more traceable, trackable, secure, truth, whatever you want to call it. Everybody's going to have a different name for it. System that is going to transform how things are done behind the scenes, not in the front. I mean, some stuff will come up, but the majority of the stuff and technologies we're talking about, it's like, does anybody care how they get a text message from my phone to Jenna's phone or from your email to this email? Nobody gives a shit. People just want it to work. A lot of this stuff is going to be working in the background. A lot of these systems, a lot of these technologies, but there's going to be a lot of companies and money to be made off of that. And that is what we call infrastructure. And that's why we talk about here at the Academy. We want to invest in the infrastructure. That's where the money is going to be made in the long run as this stuff shifts gears. And, you know, when you've got eight trillion dollars that, by the way, isn't going to be generated, it's just going to be shifted. It's already there. Great. It's just being used in fiat. We're not generating. It's just going to be a transformation of using from that train track. We're shifting to the new train track. Right. And we just want to make sure we own the new train tracks or be a part, own a piece of that system of those new train tracks. And Johnny, the biggest story out of the SEC this morning is actually them denying Coinbase in their request for action when it comes to crypto regulation. But we got 291 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Bobby Townsend, please smash that like button to you specifically. I see you in the live chat out there. Much love, my friend. <laughs> so the SEC, the SEC responds to Coinbase request for action with a resounding no. And Gary Gensler said there's no litigation that requires the SEC to take action here. Jen, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this article. The SEC, uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission has issued a response to Coinbase's complaint and requesting that the agency establish regulatory clarity for the crypto industry. 
In an April Mirandis petition, Coinbase demanded federal courts to instruct the SEC to act and issue clear guidelines for crypto exchanges and companies. And I want to point out the irony here, Johnny Crypto. Coinbase went public on the New York Stock Exchange in April of 2021, and they were approved by the SEC to do so. So for the SEC to come back and say, we're not going to give you rules, I I don't know what the hell is going on here. The SEC alleged Coinbase has no right to to Mirandis which orders the F- the government agency to fulfill certain duties. Coinbase instead asserts that the court should compel the commission to act on their request and fulfill the rulemaking petition. The SEC then responded, saying that no statute or regulation requires the commission to take action on such a specific timeline. Mere months have passed since Coinbase petition was filed, and even less time since the eclipse since Coinbase supplemented the record. What's really happening here is they're just not providing a rulebook for Coinbase to abide by, And in doing so, they're gaining control over the market. If there's no speed limits on a road, anyone can be pulled over. And I think that's what we're witnessing here. Jenna, what's it mean to you? Oh, there is something dark and dirty going on behind the scenes here, behind all of this. And who is the biggest money launderer ever? It is the government, right? So the moment we start to have all of these rules, clarity and everything like that, you know, that's going to have hold more accountability and be transparent and everything like that. But yeah, no, this is it's dirty and just so funny. They're just be like, no, 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 really, really. You're going to list Coinbase on the stock exchange. You're going to do all of these things. You're just going to say no. And yet Gary's sitting here. No, the rules are clear. But at the same time, they're like, no, like, I don't, I don't get it. It's a total mind F. Johnny, I know you're about to go off here, but let me just give a quick preface. The SEC was built to protect retail investors. So before Johnny says anything, I just wanted to put that in there. I'll tell you what, Abs, it's a sad, sad day. This is a bunch of horse bullshit. This is the problem. So Gary says, hey, come on in. The doors are open. We got it. It's all clear. Everything's good to go. We know what's going on. Then they say, hey, we want some clarity. Nope, can't have it. What the fuck? What are you talking about? Hey, so which one is it? Is it, yeah, that we got clarity or no, we're not telling you. I mean, this is just, this, this is actually a sad day. This sad day for crypto, sad day for America, because this is not the way in this is not how the government, this is how it should be working. And we're supposed to be trying to promote and grow, but we already know. See, here's the difference. The reason why, why, why it irks me, I don't get upset is I know already what's happening. We know that the top is saying we want to squeeze it. So if we know Operation Choke Point is in place and the agenda is to crush crypto or squeeze it or hold it down. Why would we expect any other response from the SEC other than no? There's no surprise. Not surprised. Yeah. I would have been surprised if they were willing to work with them because that would tell me there's a change at the top or there's a change in the sentiment. And we know that that's not going to happen for a few years. We are in the then they fight you stage. And this is going to be ugly for several years. Get your bot. Where is it? I put, I thought I put. Get your bottle of Tums or whatever you use for antacids. It's going to be, if you don't have a strong stomach, you're going to want to puke. You're going to get acid reflux. It's going to feel horrible. It's just going to be this way for a while. Well, Johnny, let me just throw something in here. Remember in that beginning of the clip with Michael Arrington, he said that a new guard is coming into the SEC right before Gary Gensler came in. And so 
these guys are figureheads. They were already regulating the market in a certain direction. And I don't think that Gary Gensler leaving the SEC or not bringing these enforcement actions, if it wasn't Gary Gensler, it'd be Hester Pierce. If it wasn't Hester Pierce, it'd be someone else. So it's a structural issue. It's an issue with the system as opposed to an issue with the individual. What do you think about that? Yeah, 100%. That's what I'm saying, right? It's not the individual. You could put anybody in there. Put Mickey Mouse in there. Joe Schmo, put you and I in there. It won't matter. If the orders are coming from the top that this is what they want, Anybody in that seat is either going to do what they're told to do or they're going to get fired. So, so I mean, the reality is, like, I, I get it. We're all bashing Gary and we're hammering him. The reality is Gary would have probably gone either way. Gary is intelligent. He teaches crypto at MIT. He knows this stuff. I think he's being told that's the direction he's got to go, and he's just, you know, towing the line. If Gary was told, hey, we're going to make this thing legal, we want to we fund it, we want to – Make clarity. He probably would have gone the other way. I, you know, everybody's bashing Gary, and I'm not trying to defend Gary. I'm just telling you, my opinion is it doesn't matter who's in that seat. It matters. I, you know, if you anybody who knows who's been in politics knows that basically the guy at the top kind of dictates what what his his reign is or what his agenda is, right? And so, like anything, government, the mayor, city. At the end of the day, the, the if you win, the guy at the top who wins the election usually feels like. He had a you know a mandate, or he, or the people voted for him because they like his agenda, and so his job is to promote his agenda, and that's all you're seeing right now. And guys, if you don't like his agenda, and you don't like inflation, you don't like your taxes, you don't like crypto policies, then you know Americans are going to have to do something different at the voter box next time around. Spot on, Johnny. And I want to read this quote out of Coinbase, chief legal officer from last night. Today, the SEC responded to Coinbase petition for a right of memorandus asking for the court to require the SEC to respond just yes or no, whether it would undertake rulemaking for our industry. What did the SEC do? It gave the one answer they couldn't and left a resounding maybe. So, Johnny, I really think it's more evidence of what we've tried to highlight throughout the show. And in this Michael Arrington clip, he highlighted something very important. Crypto is an opportunity for retail investors to get involved in startups that they wouldn't have been able to before. People like us could have never been involved in ecosystems like Ethereum, like XRP, if it wasn't for the digital asset, because typically they were annexed through financial borders, right? If you didn't have a million dollars back in 1980, you weren't getting access to a lot of these good investments on Wall Street. And that game has been exposed through the internet with people like us taking advantage of these situations of course, they're going to send, you know, the modern day mafia, Gary Gensler, out to block us away from these opportunities. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Jenna, do you have any additional thoughts before we move on? Um, yeah, like on the Coinbase, whenever they said the right of Mandamus, then the SEC came back and you don't have a right to like write this Mandamus or whatever. It's just so funny. They're just like, no, you have no rights. You know, we're not telling you anything. It just cracks me up. Interesting. It's like a school principal. I mean, there, no joke about it. And Johnny Crypto, this is the next update we had out of Coinbase from yesterday. Abs, yes. uh, abs before you move on, that hold on. There's a I got I got to address this. So there's a lot of chatter in I guess for what I said in the in the chat room here about why you know Clayton being Trump's guy, and so therefore it's Trump's thing. And you know, so this here here we go. Right? If Biden is to blame for Gary, then why wouldn't Trump be for Clayton? Let me answer this. So guys, you have to remember this. This is what everybody's forgetting, Abs. The election happened in November, right? We all knew Trump was gone. He was out of power. After you lose the election, from November to January, you're called a lame duck for a reason. You have zero power. You're no longer powerful anymore. You're out of control, out of power. And then, of course, this whole Clayton thing happens, right, in, in Trump's last state. So at that point, my opinion, Trump is, has no power. 
the next the next regime is coming in and all you saw was that setup who the order came from who knows we'll never know but just do some simple 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 connect the dots guys when you have a lame duck presidency and something happens right before it mm, something don't smell right if trump wanted to sue them why wouldn't he have done it the four years when he was in power just ask yourself that question all right let's move on I mean, I'm fine moving on there, but I thought that was a great point, Johnny. You you bring up something important. It's again, we're pointing out structural issues. And Triple B commented, "When are you guys going to realize that it's both parties are not concerned about the people?" I think that's what we're trying to highlight here. I think there are good individuals within the system. There are bad individuals within the system, but the system has become extremely outdated, and there's so much corruption that regular everyday people like us can find out about. What do you think the people behind closed doors really know? How bad do you think the corruption is? It's like when you see one cockroach in your house, you see a second cockroach in your house, you pull down the wall, there's a colony behind the wall, Johnny Crypto, and I'm trying to keep your attention here. So give me some closing remarks, and then we'll bring up our next article. No, you're spot on. That's exactly right. Like Everyone's like, oh, Trump was in office under his watch. Was he? Well, he's no longer in power, so who's really calling the shots in that lame duck period? We'll never know, but I'll just leave everybody with that wondering you know, who made the actual call. We're not going to know, but I totally agree with you. Abs at the end of the day, um, they're all, it's, it's all, it's all, uh, what's the word? Ah, forget it. It's, it's just, there's an agenda, obviously. And we, and we, we can see how the agenda is playing out. We see which, which term or which presidency was pro crypto and which one now is against crypto. I'll leave it at that. Absolutely, guys. And we got 309 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'm going to show you this update. Listen to how specific Michael Arrington is when it comes to the regulation of crypto going forward. He is part of the Ethereum Foundation. He is part of the people that are responsible for the Ethereum ICO. So his words do matter. I'm going to play this clip and go back to Johnny and Jenna. Here we go. The trial, we'll see what happens. Um, but I don't know. And do I think it's a security from the point of view of the SEC? No. But Okay. From the point of view of me, it, this doesn't matter. Like, what's a security? What isn't a security is totally irrelevant. And it really just comes down to, like, whether you only allow rich people to trade an asset or you allow everybody to trade an asset. And so when you look at, like, things like Uber, I was able to invest in one of the first rounds of Uber and Airbnb and Pinterest because I had wealth and had a venture fund. Everyday people who are just as smart or smarter than me also wanted to invest in those companies or would have if they could have, like, looked at the business plans like I did but the government told them that they're not worthy, that they're too poor, and so they can't make good financial decisions on their own, and so they're not allowed to invest in that. And so they don't get to make 10,000x returns on things like Uber and Pinterest and Airbnb and other companies. DoorDash is actually a funny one because I said no to it, but all my friends became multi-billionaires on DoorDash. So now it's the same damn thing. The SEC comes in and they say, we don't want, we don't think poor people their definition of poor, are smart enough to make decisions, the rich people are, and so we're going to stop them from doing that. That's evil. And so who cares what the definition of a security is at the end of the day? And we can debate that all day, although I'd probably tune out at some point because I don't care. What I do care about is that we should stop fraud and we should allow people to make any decisions that they want to make, financially speaking. And that's it. And that's the end of the conversation from my point of view because I'm only looking at it philosophically. Johnny, and when we talked about a systematic issue earlier in the episode, what happened? Oh, 
Abs, did you hit the mute button? Yeah, did sorry. You? I'm back, guys. So these, what happens with these officials is they go to Yale, they go to MIT, they go to Harvard, and they get their stamp of approval on their forehead. You are smarter than the everyday person. They take that person, that individual, and they put them right back into an institution. And that's what happened with Gary Gensler. So he graduates from Yale, goes over to MIT, teaches cryptocurrency courses, teaches economic courses. Everybody gives him the free pass of being a brilliant individual, an independent thinker. Then he goes into the regulatory agency when he can finally take action. Now he's out of the institutions. He's able to make an impact. And what does he do? He lets the exact people who put money in his pocket speak through his lips and bring regulatory guidance through enforcement action. So I, we've seen it time and time again. Look at where Janet Yellen came from. Look at where all of these officials come from. Look at where Jerome Powell came from. They come from the same colleges. They go through the same institutions, and then they go to the same positions in government time and time again. And there's 312 live listeners joining us. So if you agree with that message, if you disagree, show us some love, smash that like button. And Johnny, tell me what you think of Michael Arrington and the annexing of poor people from the growing emerging markets. Well, there's a great old comedian. His name was George Carl, and he said, there's one big club, and you and I ain't in it. And that's the bottom line. Uh, you know, so for the most part, you know, Arrington's right that there's just, you know, they're not, here they go. It's a small club. And that's exactly it. George was spot on. Uh, but at the end of the day, abs, um, he's right where the, the poor person or the, what they define as the poor person, anybody making on 250 cannot invest in these opportunities, these things that can, can really skyrocket or can go, you know, can really take off. You have to be an accredited investor to do that. So, that decision has been made, and I guess all you can do at this point is you can, you know, anybody can go and get a series uh, 65 license or seven or, or you know, work to increase your your capital, your income so that you can qualify for an, to be an accredited investor and then invest in these opportunities. But he is he is right. He is right. That is limiting, unfortunately, to certain folks. And again, I know there's legislation or the link to it mentioned there was some legislation in the works. To maybe change that so hopefully more people can have an opportunity. I can also tell you, yes, George was definitely spy. I can also tell you if you're in the 3T Academy, if not, click on the link below and join the academy. We're working on coaches working on anyway, ways to be able to create something to help folks be able to invest in non-accredited. If you're not an accredited investor, there are some things we can do. And I know coaches working on that. So hop in the academy, seven-day free trial, you're missing out so much wealth of knowledge and opportunities there to be able to be surrounded by like-minded individuals, mm -hmm. um, tons of crypto courses in there, other educational things. So you're really missing out if you're not trying it out. Seven-day free trial. I'd give it a shot. Click on the link below. Floor is yours, Jenna. Yeah, yeah. And I think like Jay Claver was telling us about that too, you know, ways to be able to help. I, there are loopholes and I think that's awesome that you guys are trying to figure that out to be able to help because it's absolute bullshit. It's a game of keeping the rich rich and the poor poor. We want to keep the people poor so they can collect the UBI and we can control them. We want the middle class to keep working. We want them to be paying the taxes. But, you know, if they would just allow crypto and tax it, just like the EU is doing, you know, as much as we hate that, whatever, that way, you know, it's the same thing as like the marijuana industry, right? Because look how Colorado and just everyone, they start, their economy just started booming and their environment, everything just became better and blossoming, right? After okay, this is legalized, but now we're just going to tax you on it. Okay, fine. But that's what the people want. And, and think about how we could pay off our debt 
as a country if they just allowed this, you know? So I think it's absolute BS, but this is why we have to step in and we have to educate people. You know, uh, unfortunately there's Bitcoin maxis that are stepping up, but at least they're educating about Bitcoin. But I think it's so important and why this show is important because we need to educate people about the new financial system. And that's why I'll talk about XRP until I'm blue in the face. But if I can get someone to, you know, get the uphold app, get a little bit now, hold it and see that could potentially change their life. Like later on, it's way more than they're ever going to get in a savings account. And they're not going to teach you this in school at all. So that's why you got to keep going. Yeah, Jenna, Jenna, spot on there, Abs. At the end of the day, we really need communities. We need a bunch of things to come together. First, you need the crypto companies to come together. You need coalitions. You need to see Ripple. You need to see Coinbase. You need to see Binance. You need to see them come together, not divided. Two, you need to see communities come together. You want to see Ripple, or I should say XRP holders, come together with Bitcoin holders, with Ethereum holders. And I know that's going to sound like blasphemy. No. Like, I like, like, yes, I like XRP. I also have Bitcoin. I also have ETH. What's the big deal? You want to see them all. You want to see all of these things win in the long run because we're not talking about a single crypto. That's the problem. If you try to break this down into one item, you failed. You missed the boat of what's happening here, Abs. What's happening is we're seeing a transformation and a shift in technology. From Web 2.0 to 3.0 with technology, underlying technologies that are going to solve real-world problems that are going to have real value, people. And it doesn't matter who the winners are. I know everybody's going to say, bitch and moan, oh, yeah, Ether's got no use case. Or, no, I'm sorry, B, Bitcoin's so expensive. It's not practical. It's got no utility. Listen, everything's going to fall into its own zone. Something, hey, Tony, how we doing? Glad you're back. Feel bad I banned him a couple months ago by mistake. Glad to see you back, Tony Banks. But, uh... The, the reality is Bitcoin's going to find its place maybe as a store of value. XRP is going to find its place possibly as a payment system. ETH may find its place, you know, with a layer two combined for some smart contract, the D apps, things like that. They're all going to have things. Who cares? You just want to see them all win right now. You're Johnny, you know what we brought up yesterday? In Goldman Sachs alone, they have $53 trillion worth of derivatives. In Bank of America, they had $20 trillion. In Citibank, they had $17 or, or $18 trillion. The market cap of crypto today is just over $1 trillion. If that doesn't show you how small the market is overall, the top 200 projects with utility are not only going to succeed, they're going to do a multiple of what they're at today. And Becky is tweeting out, preach Johnny K. I couldn't agree more. I just want to throw my two cents in there. When you talk about how small the market is, people look at the real estate market. They look at the gold market. That's $10 trillion. When you look at the derivatives market, that's where all the money on the planet is sitting. And that's what's coming into crypto eventually. We know that to be the case. Yeah, that's that's when it's going to get exciting. Those days are going to be exciting, Abs. When we get to those days, when we're looking at you know derivatives running on the XRP rails, oh, forget about it. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to you know you're going to be talking about multi multi millionaires. Um, I mean, a bunch of XRP millionaires, no doubt about it, coming down the road. You know, if if XRP ends up becoming the rails right of the system uh, or the bulk of the system, I don't think anyone's. Uh, cryptocurrency is going to be the the the, the winner of, of all of them or the you know it's going to be i think a a mixed bosh for a while there before we see which one comes out to be the winner but nonetheless in that period of growth that's when the speculation is the highest and you can see potentially uh a lot of winners coming out of this space so that's why i say patience is the key here abs make sure you have your coins make sure you have an exit plan people keep asking about merlin they want an update. I gave an update every single day. We're hoping to launch by the end of this quarter if all goes well. 
If we need to adjust further, we will. We're not going to launch it like Solana and have it fail all the time. We don't want that to happen to you. But make sure you have an exit plan and make sure you're patient. We're like the XRP. Uh, we've never had a failed transaction. And we got 332 live listeners joining Ooh, us. I like love. Smash that like button. And this is the latest article out of the American government this morning. Not only are we going to talk about Biden's tax proposal, the Secret Service says that blockchain is an amazing opportunity to track money. And it also has its own NFT collection. So Jenny, Jenny, with Jenna, with that being said, what do you think about the the Secret Service launching their own NFT and calling blockchain an amazing opportunity? Jenny from the blockchain, man. Jenny from All the right. block. <laughs> no, I thought, you know what? I just learned about this. Um, a couple of days ago, I was reading and Ragsy, who I just interviewed yesterday, um, she is one of the recipients from the Ripple Creator Fund, but she actually um, helped with an NFT collection for the Secret Service. And I didn't even know that that was a thing. So of course, they've got to have their own jam, but I think that's really cool. I didn't know though, like government officials, what if they were allowed to even be in crypto and stuff like that. But apparently, again, I don't know the rules on that. Johnny, this is another interesting detail out of this article. It states, the blockchain provides us an amazing opportunity to track the flow of money. The officials are taking action last year, received on record $776 million was stolen in 32 separate transactions. Now, that may seem like a lot of money, but it's all relative. That is peanuts compared to what happens in U.S. dollars. How do you feel about uh, the American government acknowledging this is an amazing opportunity for them to track our money? Well, a couple things, sir, Abs. First of all, that is absolutely peanuts when we compare it to your bank account. We know that for sure. Number two. Uh, Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> well, it took you a while to react to that one. I thought I was going to. I'm behind the scenes. I'm doing other stuff. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm thinking that. But uh, the reality is think about how powerful those words are now if you're a pro congress senator or pro pro crypto senator right or congressman think about this all you've been hearing is everybody saying how crypto is used for nefarious activity it's used for you know all this bad stuff right drugs and child and all this stuff, right but here you have go back to the article here you have the secret service saying hey guys this thing's great. We can track criminals. No shit. We've been saying all along. Everybody's like, oh, the drug guys, drug guys are gonna use, they're gonna use Bitcoin. No, they're not. You want it's so easy <laughs> to trace it to where the frick they are. Why would they ever use cryptocurrency when it's the most traceable, most traceable product currency in the world? And oh, by the way, yeah. Hey, yeah, sign me up for that. <laughs> I want I want you to send me $10 trillion in drug money into this wallet location so you can track well, it's, my it's, feet. Johnny, it actually, it's a bigger, remember that guy who uh, he found a flaw in the Bitcoin blockchain and he was mining double the amount of Bitcoin he was able to mine? They went back seven years later and they held them accountable it. for those transactions. So just because you can transfer your money in the time being, you go, oh, look, my illegal transaction went through. Ten years can go by and the FBI can knock on your door. And that's why people are going to stay away from blockchain. But here's why they're using it, Johnny. It's not that they don't, it's not that they don't understand that Bitcoin's traceable. It's that every single mainstream news narrative is that Bitcoin's untraceable. And I think a lot of criminals fell for that narrative. Maybe I'm just defending the criminals here. If you need a lawyer, guys, I'm over here. Well, if those dumbasses <laughs> didn't realize that that it was traceable, they're gonna find out the hard way. <laughs> That's for sure when they when they get a knock on the door. But no, to me, this is just like something that now now the problem with this is now now congressmen can actually point to this article like, hey, the Secret Service is saying this stuff is great for tra tracing down criminals, not for nefarious use. And so you know, I, maybe you'll start to see them 
incorporating that into the this guy with the court case finish. Guys, we talk about that all the time. But to bring that up to answer this question, if we're talking about the XRP court case, we know that at the show, John Deaton, was it John Deaton or Jeremy Hogan? One of them John brought Deaton. up. John Deaton brought up a very, so we'll bring this up because I know we have a huge XRP audience, that most likely a ruling should happen by no later than September 29th. Because what happens is if we don't get a ruling by then, the judge has got to go up in front of the Congress and and she's got to go there and kind of bring her, you know, her tail between her legs and explain why she can't make a decision. And that's not a good thing. That's kind of like, you know, like wearing the dunce hat in school, right? She doesn't want to go there and have to explain to them and kind of get whipsawed by them and slapped around a bit for not making a decision. So most likely we should see worst case scenario, hopefully a ruling by the 29th, unless of course, she likes her friends in Congress and wants to go there and get slapped around a bit. Then, then who knows them? Who knows when we're going to get a ruling at that point? Abs. Do you think that they're going to do like a ruling on um, like, let's say the privacy tokens, because you just were talking about, you know, how people say, yeah, Bitcoin is for criminals, but we know that that's not the case. That's like your tokens, like Monero and everything. And also do you think whenever um, they start to push CBDCs, they're going to be like, no cash is for criminals. CBDC is good. Cash is for criminals. 1 million percent. And we already saw it during the pandemic. When I was going into Dunkin' Donuts, there were signs in Dunkin' Donuts. It said cash is dirty. Don't use cash because you can actually transfer the virus using cash. They can fit any narrative they want to get their objective done. And many people don't even think for themselves. So they say, oh my God, cash is dirty. Let me swipe my credit card. Oh my gosh, the credit card swipe is too much. Put the chip in my hand. And we got 321 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny. When you smash the like button, Abs, don't hit the mute Oh, button. I'm so sorry. I keep doing that. <laughs> Ricky, moves. Ricky moves over here, guys. Department of Justice is going to continue to sharpen the knife for crypto exchanges and heavily focus on what they're calling money laundering. These transactions, after reading the report, can be as low as $600. If you, if you laundered $600, the Department of Justice is going to try and track you down. That is so funny. Luckily, we're okay over here on Good Morning Crypto. What does this mean to you, Johnny? <sighs> yeah, you know, $600. <laughs> They don't have enough people to go after everybody at $600. That's crazy. But uh, I know there is rules looking at possibly, what was it they wanted to report every transaction, I think? Anything over $600? Was that also something they were looking at? Or maybe tax it? It was kind of crazy. But hey, we're glad you're laughing. Laughing helps you live longer. It heals a lot of problems. Make sure you laugh. So actually, just smile alone. If you just smile, all the bones in you, you know, they say that, that that's health healing too. But I do believe, Abs, that it is kind of getting crazy what they're trying to do here with with any way possible to go after crypto whether it's six whether it's you know 600 rule whatever it is it is really really interesting you're gonna just see this for the next year or two i think abs or maybe even three years all this different stuff they're gonna throw out again unless of course we get a change at the top in 2024 then maybe we see you know a shift from the then they fight you stage to the then they join you stage and that is gonna be a really good time I want to give a shout out to our friend Mark Yusko this morning because he told us last year he doesn't believe until 2025 to 2027 we're going to get some real regulatory guidance from the SEC. And what's happening right now? The SEC told the court that rulemaking may take years and they're in no rush. So let's say at a bare minimum, they're talking about at least two years here. That puts us in 2025, Jenna. Why do you believe the SEC is incentivized to take their time when it comes to crypto? I know we've kind of answered it that if there's no speed limit, anyone can be pulled over. But if they actually took initiative and allowed these technologies to thrive in the United States, 
all that profit would come into our borders instead of exiting. And I think they're missing out on that opportunity. What do you think? Because they're dirty. They're doing shady shit. Abs. That's what I think. They have a lot of things like going on in the background and, you know, and, and they don't care what they're driving out of the United States right now. And we don't know what's coming down everything. I mean, this is shitty. It's, it's such a shame, though, and it really does make me sad. But if things get really, really bad, I mean, just start looking for places outside the U.S. I mean, that's if we are in Web3 and that is our life, that is the reality. And Johnny, when we talked about Dubai earlier, we referenced how beneficial their tax, tax policy would be instead of the United States. And according to Biden's new proposal, it could be getting worse over here as a conservative think tank stamps an F on Biden's tax proposal. And we're going to break down the details to show you why it deserved that failure of a grade. Under the proposal, the digital asset mining energy tax would eventually impose nearly a 30% federal tax charge on all crypto mining. The crypto industry's mining efforts are typically concentrated on Bitcoin as well as other proof-of-work blockchains. Taxing a particular type of electricity does not actually provide an incentive to reduce the electricity usage. Instead, it provides incentive to switch from a taxed electricity to an untaxed electricity alternative. Blockworks earlier this month highlighted that a tax as high as 30% would essentially shut down crypto mining in the United States, but of course it wouldn't shut it down for the industry. This money would just go overseas. And that's what we tried to highlight earlier, Johnny. What do you think about a 30% tax proposal on all mined Bitcoin in the U.S.? It's going to crush it. I mean, think about the margin hit that that's going to have on on these companies that are you know running on. Yeah, that's right. I always say 2020. Actually, I say 2025 and beyond. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Until then, I don't really even get that excited. Actually, everybody. Else we call that, that schmuck insurance, right, John? That's right. Well, I have schmuck insurance. A lot of it. <laughs> you got to make. That's why I have an exit plan. I got to make sure yeah. exit plan. But uh, you know, I do think that that you the article spot on. All you're gonna do. When you put a tax that large on something, is you're just going to push it from the high tax environment to the low tax environment. It's just common sense. So you've seen businesses do that time and time and time again. Why do you think the economy flourished when Trump came in in 2016? You know what he did? He lowered the corporate tax rate. I don't remember if it was 32% or 28%. He lowered it all the way down to like 20s, the low 20s. And that's when businesses started flooding back into the US, right? It is all about tax savings. And now you put a 30% tax. Boom. You're basically saying, hey, I want you guys to operate outside the U.S. And that's exactly what is going to happen. They're going to push it out. And there's no surprise because why abs? Well, that fits perfectly under the agenda of what? Operation Choke Point. That's We're it. witnessing more of that this morning, Johnny Crypto. That was a spot on speech. Check out this latest update out of Coinbase this morning. Coinbase initiated a hold and is likely to face enforcement action from the SEC. And I want to make a broader point here. Everybody's coming together. Look at Paul Gruel from the Coinbase CLO. Look at Brian Armstrong speaking out for the crypto industry. Michael Arrington making some bold statements. But at the end of the day, when we could have come together in 2021 to prevent this enforcement action from getting this far, they turn their door on our community and they close their back. They're literally using the evidence that digital asset investor Brad Kimes, Crypto Airy, Jenna X, all these people who are finding evidence in our community, they're using that in Ethereum and promoting it as new finds. That Gary Gensler video, when he was talking about how 75% of crypto is already a commodity, we saw that two years ago in the XRP community. We covered that on our show, and it was old news when we first showed it on Good Morning Crypto, Johnny. So it's so interesting. Marketing, it plays such a powerful effect in this market. What do you think about that? And then kick it to Jenna. Oh, absolutely. Very, very huge, huge from that perspective. You know, the one thing that you got to hope that comes out of all of this abs, other than the fact that this is true, 
I am actually from the future, from 2127. Um, but don't tell anybody that, right, Abs? Because I didn't realize my shirt was, I got to get my shirt. Yeah, he's like the Lorax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they figured it out. You could actually see right through me. Um, but nonetheless, I'm so I'm like Yoda, you know, from Star Wars. But Abs is so important that what what the one benefit, and I've said this a couple times on the show, that I that we maybe hope we'll see come out of this is as Geary is attacking or as Operation Choke Point happens, you're pushing all of these, what, what, what I would call divided co crypto companies, possibly into a corner where sooner or later they're going to figure out like, hey, the enemy of our enemy is our friend. We need to bind, bond together. And that's what I want to make sure, Abs, we keep an eye out for as you do your sleuth researching and we all do it. We need to check to see if we're starting to see things like Coinbase and Kraken and Nexo and Binance and Uphold and Ripple all coming together. When you start to see that happen, that's when you're going to know that there's going to be a, a good, you know, that's when the fight has a chance, when you can start to balance the scales a bit. Because right now, I got to be honest with you, man, this feels like a one-sided fight, and it feels like the crypto team is getting their ass kicked. But in the end, the good guys always win. At least that's what they do in the movies, my friends. But we got 322 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Jenna, I wanted to get your thoughts as well. But just a quick update out of Ukraine. Elon Musk is actually meeting with France Prime Minister. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Macron. Emmanuel Macron. And this guy, I don't know. Rat Snake Weasel, World Economic Forum member. Not a lot of good relationships going on around Elon. He just hired another World Economic Forum member last week to be the CEO of Twitter. But this is a potentially huge meeting when it comes for digital asset adoption in France. France is a leading EU member aligned with Ukraine, and the Ukrainian CBDC is built on top of Stellar. The UN has partnered with Stellar, and now Elon Musk has partnered with Jed McCaleb in a SpaceX slash Vast partnership. What this partnership is, Jenna, is they're not only bringing electricity to people, they're bringing the financial market and bringing the unbanked into our banking system. How do you feel about this meeting of Elon Musk? It's a prime example of innovation leaving the U.S. and finding place other and finding home otherwise. Yeah, but I hold Stellar and bullish long term. And also Stellar doesn't use private blockchains for CBDCs. Bullish. Stellar is a oh. slow mover, but I'm telling you guys. This is good. Judd McCaleb gave a whole speech on that. So I love this. I love to see it. Thank you. Johnny, I've got an interesting video out of JP Morgan that I got to find. I, I meant to pull it up and prep, but I just got to find it right now to close out the episode. Why don't you tell me what your thoughts are? We know that Ukraine is building their central bank digital currency on top of Stellar. This is exciting. The sister coin of XRP. Do you take these rumors into, you know, is this something you're considering? What? Considering that uh, the SpaceX partnership and the vast partnership actually providing utility to Stellar because Jed McCaleb is, is the XLM CEO and the vast CEO. Yeah. I mean, listen, there is that I don't know much about Jeb, but Jeb is well connected. Jeb's like the Teflon Don. There's no doubt about it. That part of the reason, part of the reason why I've always had a little bit of uh liking or wanted to make sure I have some XRP horses in my bag or in my stable. Is because of Jeff. He's got that man. He's got some connections there, no doubt about it. Plus, I had a friend a while ago on the show tell us that you know some three-letter agency friend of hers also knew you know something there going on. I'm not going to say much because I don't want to give away that friend. But you know, so we know that's something. So I just this part of me always wonders while everybody's got us looking over here at XRP. You know, is XLM the chosen one? Who knows, right? I ain't taking the chance of missing out. 
And that's why I make sure I got both of those in my bags ready to go, Abs. There could definitely be something happening there. We know that the technologies are very similar. Uh, and we know that, you know, Jeb came from Ripple uh, and, and, brought, and and kind of duplicated the technology. So no surprise to see XLM being able to fill the gap or fill the role to take the spot of what XRP can do. That's why, in my opinion, you almost have to have both because we don't know who's going to win the race. And coincidentally, whenever XRP moves, XLM follows in correspondence. And Johnny, we're going to talk about Jenna's tweet earlier in the show. I mean, later in the show, when she describes, is 150,000 XRP enough to get you to a million-dollar portfolio? We're going to talk about that at the end of the episode. But before we do that, here's JP Morgan talking about the Internet of Things and the potential for this market. The famous Jenna. Consumers went online to buy a retail product. Certainly... The shift to digital over the last three years has accelerated the pace of moving commerce online. Why do you think that is? Well, I think during the pandemic, people realized that there are a lot of things that they can do online that they previously thought they couldn't. A lot of companies realized that they need to get direct access to their consumers and therefore started thinking about their own digital journeys. So, Johnny, it seems only fitting that in correspondence to everybody going away from the real world and into the Internet, we need an internet of value. And what did, what did Vitalik Buterin describe back in 2016? Ethereum is not the internet of value. Ripple is the internet of value. And I'd love to shift that into the conversation about Jenna's tweet. Jenna, we've talked about this many times. Price targets on XRP are always a fun discussion to have on the show. And while I'm looking for your tweet in the background, state your case just broadly more fun than anything serious. Why do you believe 150,000 XRP is enough? to get you to a million-dollar portfolio. And can we get it right? It's the famous, Jenna. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am XRP, Twitter famous. Guys, I know, I know. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't get overwhelmed. (laughs) That cracked me up. But no, I think 150000 is plenty because I think I'm looking at a $10 to $13 price target. That's just me for a 2025, you know, bull run. That's just what I've been seeing in my mind. I don't know. I could do, be totally off. Nobody knows, but yeah. So I think it's a little high, but there would be nothing wrong with holding that amount. Love to hear from the live chat as well, guys. Give us an update on what you think is the minimum amount of XRP that could get you to a million dollars by let's say 2026, 27. Cause who knows how long this thing could go on for. And Johnny, with just a couple of minutes left, we got 318 live listeners joining us. 65% of the people who voted on Je- Jenna's survey said that way less than 150,000 XRP is necessary. Do you agree with that? So, you know, first of all, let's give kudos to uh, the famous XRP or Jenna uh, for being acknowledged by the crypto basic here, uh, especially right here on Jenna Day. So that's kind of cool. I I, so I kind of in a little bit, uh, I mean, a little, I, I agree less. I think to be a millionaire, I agree with Jenna that I believe a $10 to $12 price point. I have been very consistent saying that. For many for a year now on the show that I think a ten to twelve dollars is realistic you know, a few years from now. So if you're looking to make a million dollars and you do simple basic mathematics at ten dollars, you need to have a hundred thousand XRP. So to me, so people say way more or less. I don't know what they mean by way more or less. Do they mean like a hundred or do they mean like twenty? Because if they think like twenty thousand, I don't think it's enough to make it to a millionaire status. I think a hundred thousand is a good point to put you somewhere close to that million dollar status. I think we'll see somewhere between the 10 to $12 XRP someday. So for me, somewhere in that zone probably makes sense. But again, purely speculation. I'd love to see 
Well, and look at this. Bobby. We're gonna poor end Bobby. Here. Bobby, I didn't mean to break you. Oh, poor Bobby. We're putting our we're putting our audience in tears here, Johnny. So I guess I'll give, a, I'll give a little well, bit. Not, of not all. Our, hold on, let's balance the scale. See, this guy says nice. Not all our audiences entail. You know, my goodness, my goodness. And Johnny, let me just close it out on with a little positive news here. Twenty thousand XRP, thirty thousand XRP. It's all relative. You don't need a million dollars to be considered wealthy. And honestly, with the way things are going nowadays, holding these unique assets is the best thing you can do. Not even cashing out into US dollars. But we got three hundred and thirteen live listeners joining us this Friday. We're gonna have Digital Perspective joining the show tomorrow. I have a dentist appointment. So Mario and Johnny Crypto will be hosting. Have an amazing day, guys. Like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Dancing up. <laughs>